This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Rainbow Warrior is one of three ships in the Greenpeace fleet patrolling the world's oceans and fighting for climate and environmental justice. The ship was named after a North American Cree Indian prophecy, which goes, and I'm quoting here, when the world is sick and dying, people will rise up like warriors of the rainbow. So today on the show, I'm joined by the captain of the current Rainbow Warrior, Captain Pep Barbal Badia. He is going to join me to share some stories from his voyages with the Greenpeace crew. And, you know, he's going to share some of their experiences of uh, sailing on the open sea. Welcome, Captain. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. Just uh, as every day, busy, but uh, good. And you're here in Malaysia, of course, at the moment. Uh, you guys just, uh, you know, are, are docked at uh, Port Klang. Uh, you've had a very busy weekend. I know lots of activities. Uh, how has, Is this your first time to Malaysia, Captain? Yes, my first time in Malaysia. In, in Asia, no, I have been a lot of times and in this area, Thailand, Singapore, but Malaysia is the first time. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Captain, if we can get to know you a little bit better, I mean, maybe you can share how, uh, you know, how you first got involved with Greenpeace and, you know, how you got involved in, in conservation work. Yeah, long time. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. It was, uh, uh, I'm a seaman, so I, I work for ships and I work at uh, different ships, uh, sailing ships, charter business, merchant ships, and then uh, 2000. One, I get involved in one Greenpeace ship in Spain that was a sailing uh, project called mm-hmm. Thorba that was quite interesting. It, a kind of a, of a <clears throat> uh, ecological charter. And then uh, there was one, uh, the other, we were two captains and the other captain, my friend, that she was uh, uh, an officer on Greenpeace ships and she told me, why, why you don't come here? And, and then I went and... And then I regularly uh, uh, been in uh, Greenpeace. I've been in other ships also, but uh, mainly in, in Greenpeace ships. Mm-hmm. And how, so how many years are we looking at here? It's been a, a better part of 20, your career? 20. 20 years. Okay. All right. And, um, you know, in terms of like uh, Greenpeace work, right? I mean, I, I don't know whether this was the same for you. There are some misconceptions, right, about the work because uh, even though, you, you know, you've got the word peace in your name, but, you know, you've been described as, as eco-terrorists, for example. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, misconceptions, right? Anything about the work that Greenpeace carries out that you'd like to debunk as somebody who's been working there for 20 years now? Yes, uh, these uh, definitions of eco-terrorist is... Uh in most of the cases for interest, for for companies that they want to provoke and they want to look you as the enemy. Mm. And and in other times, it's for the public that they don't really know uh, what is doing Greenpeace. But in, in this sense, I think it's clear that the what uh, uh, all the all the campaigns of Greenpeace are based on on non-violence. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that, you know, it, it runs throughout everything that Greenpeace does, right? And it's something that's synonymous almost with Greenpeace, non-violence. Uh, it's about bringing, you know, those issues to the fore. But, you know, there's never been any violence, never been any sort of... I mean, there's been violence perpetrated against you guys, of course, you know, as in the case with Green, uh, Rainbow Warrior, but never on the other way around, right? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a, is a principle and this is uh, never, always has been maintained. 
Okay, all right. And um, for maybe now we can just uh, spend a little bit of time talking about the Rainbow Warrior. So uh, I spoke to two of your colleagues, um, you know, from the Malaysian office about the history. But I think, you know, just for our listeners, uh, can you remind us about uh, the history of the Rainbow Warrior? You know, talk to us a little bit about its inception and, you know, that very infamous uh, uh, 1985 sinking, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yes, the, the thing is that the, the Rainbow Warrior, the name, comes from uh, two other ships that were named the same. It's kind of... Uh, so, in, in reality, there are three different ships, but they all name. Uh, but the point is that uh, this in uh, 85 that was bombed, so this uh, the Rainbow Warrior 1 disappeared for obvious reasons, because it was sunk. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it went uh, Rainbow Warrior 2, that was a sailing boat, and then finally they made this uh, Rainbow Warrior 3 because uh, Rainbow Warrior 2 was a nice ship, but uh, as, uh, as a sailing boat, te uh, technically it was not a great uh, sailing boat. This one is an amazing sailing boat. And can you explain why? You know, why is it such an amazing sailing boat, Rainbow, 3, uh, Rainbow Be Warrior 3? Because of design. Because mm. this is properly the other one. Well, it's a long story, but was not designed uh, spe uh, specifically to be a sailing boat. It was a a boat reconverted to sailing, but this is specifically designed to be sailing boat mm -hmm. and by a very good uh, designer. And it's very green, isn't it? Am I right in saying that? That is very, uh, yeah, it's one of the least sort of like, uh, because, you know, I think a lot of criticism uh, against some of the previous Rainbow Warriors was that, you know, it, it's your carbon footprint is so is so huge, you know, sailing all across the ocean, uh, uh, you know, racking up uh, carbon credits in that sense. Uh, is this also considered a greener, quote unquote, sort of ship? Yes, it's painted green, so it's very green. <laughs> but no, it's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that was the purpose of the this new design and uh, to reduce the the use of fuel uh, to the minimum. Okay. You always need, no? Because you need to do generators, electricity, but uh, yes, the, this is amazing compared with ships the same size that hardly consumes uh, fuel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as captain of the ship, right, I mean, talk to me about the preparation that, you know, you need to go through before uh, you embark on any of your sea voyages. I mean, what is it like? What is the, the I guess, you know, the, the how huge it is, you know, what sort of preparation needs to go into it? What is your role as the captain exactly, you know, at the start and during these journeys? Well, it's uh, a lot of uh, logistics preparations. Basically, the uh, legally, is the captain is the uh, responsible, the only responsible of the ship safety and the ship, the person safety. This is uh, enough uh, responsibility. But apart from that, it's, uh, it's a lot of preparations and logistics, basically, because it's these ships do uh, <clears throat> a lot of different things, change uh, countries quite often. Operations, uh, for example, this one is quite complex because we need to embark a lot of people from Angkor. So it's uh, very demanding from the point of view logistics. Okay, all right. And can you talk to me a little bit about the crew and, you know, the, the team that you've got uh, with you? Yes, we have a crew of uh, 17 in total and everybody has a function. There is a ranks. Is The ship works like any ship. Everybody has their function and there is a hierarchy. And uh, yeah, uh, the job for uh, each crew member is uh, very clear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, and, and is this the same for like every every sort of ship uh, in the sort of in the Greenpeace uh, fleet? Like everybody, there's a certain amount of crew. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that you know that it, you try you try to make it as uh, as efficient as possible, right? With as, uh, as not a, not too many people, pretty much is what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, it's the same than the other ships. It's uh, exactly the same. There is no difference. So the the amount of people is the one requ required. Mm -hmm. Is uh, if we have this crew, this amount of crew is because it's really uh, necessary. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's even uh, we it's uh, we uh, we have so many work that it's a bit short. <laughs> okay. Um, and like, so, you know, 20 years of sailing, I mean, uh, on Green, Greenpeace alone, talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of the places that uh, that your work has carried you through. You know, I mean, where have you gone? Where have you personally sailed to? Uh, what are some of the missions that you, you've you worked on uh, personally uh, under Greenpeace? We have been to so many places that uh, it's hard to remember, but it's uh, so many countries, so many different. The most amazing place for me has been the the Arctic Antarctica, but not with this ship, eh, with the other, because this ship cannot go to the to the to the ice. Okay, it's not designed to go to the ice. Can't break the ice, right? It doesn't have an icebreaker, right? No, no, no. Uh, the ice will break the ship. <laughs> okay, I think it's the other. Which one is it? It's the Arctic Arctic Sunrise. Arctic right? Sunrise. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, tell me a little bit about you know some of the works, uh, some of the uh, stories from your from your time sailing there. Yeah. Last last year, I was in the Arctic Sunrise in uh, Antarctica, mm -hmm. and we were uh, for uh, two months and a half there. Very amazing uh, campaign. It was about uh, two parts, penguins and submarines. Penguins and submarines. Yes. Okay. And and I know that you can car carry out also scientific uh, experiments uh, on, on the ships as well, right? So were you uh, you had a team of scientists as well, collecting data and, and doing uh, experiments and research and things like that? Uh, yes, every campaign is different, and some of the campaigns is uh, more uh, focused on research, on science. And when we do science, uh, yes, normally we have sci scientists on board. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's not necessary. It's just we we do we collect the data, and but yeah, mainly it's uh, with science or uh, scientists on board. Okay, all right. And you know, for now, you know, for the current sort of crew that you've got on uh, on the Rainbow Warrior, uh, you know, the one that you've got here in Malaysia, uh, what are the some what are some of the the campaigns that you guys are, are currently championing or working on? Currently, uh, we are here in Malaysia, like in uh, in Taiwan, we're doing uh, public events. It's, we are not in in a in a campaign and in a specific ah, campaign. So okay. we are. This is is more representative uh, job. This uh, ship, uh, uh, part of the time, does a representation of Greenpeace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so, so it does a lot of different things. But one of the jobs is to do to represent Greenpeace. Is what we are doing now in Malaysia. Okay, all right. So a lot of public outreach, a lot of uh, uh, capacity building, a lot of uh, yes. awareness <clears throat> sort of uh, programs, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. And Correct. I'm so curious, uh, Captain, you know, I think for, you know, people like me, we just wonder what is a day in the life uh, of a sea captain like, you know, so what is it like, uh, what are your day, what is the day-to-day -day sort of like schedule for you and your crew uh, when you guys are uh, sailing or when you guys are on voyages? Busy. <laughs> no relaxation, huh? Okay. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's not it's some cruise. No, no, it's a very strict uh, schedule. Eight o'clock, we start to work. Well, apart, there is watches on the ship. There is always on the bridge, 24 hours, every uh, four hours uh, changing officer. officer. Mm -hmm. And uh, the work starts at 8, at uh, one at uh, 12 uh, lunch, from 12 to 1, 1 to 5 work, and 6 to 7 dinner. Okay, very regimented. Yes, Okay. All right. And do you have, so I, you know, I'm curious about things like, you know, how do you guys keep, so the, there's a lot of physical work as well. How do you guys keep, you know, in shape? You know, is there like <clears throat> times where you must, you know, do some physical activity, uh, workouts yeah. and things like that? 
Yeah, some work more than others. The dead hands are the ones. Uh, I, me, unfortunately, I, I, I have to be a lot of time in the computer. <laughs> okay, all right. But uh, we have a gym, yeah, if you want to go also. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any any stories you can share from your voyages, you know, particularly, I don't know, maybe did you come across any sort of dangerous situations or, yeah, any stories like that that you can share with our listeners? Oh, yeah. The, the, the sea is full of uh, interesting things and full of dangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, piracy, we have been uh, uh, piracy areas, for example, when we are going to leave uh, Singa, uh, Malaysia, we go to Singapore and we pass Malacca in the in the area that is dangerous for uh, piracy, and we have to do piracy protocols. What does a piracy protocol look like? Uh, pray. <laughs> okay. Pray that the pirates don't come. <laughs> pray that you don't cross paths with them, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. No, no. We have a, a, a it's a bit uh, complex, and uh, increase uh, watches, uh, close the ship fully and uh, increase the speed of the ship and have, uh, have a citadel in case the pirates come, you uh, all, all we will go in a place and we will lock ourselves in this place to win time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. it's a, a kind of complex protocol. Okay, all right. Okay, I understood. And, um, you know, from you, also from your time that you've spent uh, with Greenpeace, right? I mean, any, any stories perhaps that you can share with us, you know, maybe funny ones or hopeful ones, you know, uh, that keep you going? I mean, 20 years is a long time, Captain. So, you know, clearly you, you do enjoy the work that you do. It does give you hope. Um, yeah, can you share some stories? Yeah, yeah, right. 20 years is a long time. And, well, the, the thing is, uh, there are so many that it's difficult to remember. But it's, uh, first of all, uh, these ships are not boring because they all do so many things and so many. And then another point is that you meet so many people, new people, that it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, from social point of view, it's very interesting. Uh, I meet people, you have a, a lot of fun. And, yeah, it happens so many things that is not possible to say in, uh, in two minutes. Okay, understood, understood. But, you know, if you had to, because, you know, you, you have been, you've been sailing the seas, you know, you've been witnessing so many things, right? Is there anything, any changes, you know, in terms of, uh, I don't know, maybe plastic pollution in terms of, you know, uh, sightings of uh, sea, uh, marine life or things like that? Are you witnessing any changes yourself, uh, you know, from all the time that you've spent working with Greenpeace and, you know, on the various different ships? Uh, from a scientific uh, point of view, it's difficult to say yeah? because it's sometimes you have a feeling and is. Uh, but well, uh, one, uh, one thing is clear: it has not improved. Okay. But uh, from, for example, the pollution at sea, plastics. There was 20 years ago. There was plastics already on the sea. Mm-hmm. Probably it seems there are more now. But there was already the problem was existing uh, already 20. Years. The problem is that it never stops and it keeps going. Right. That's the real problem. That. Uh, it's the same problems we had 20 years ago, but uh, uh, there has been no, in in global world, no solution. So that's, it keeps going. Mm-hmm. But is that frustrating for you? I mean, because, you know, you, 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 you go around, you know, you try to, to you know, bring, because you, you, you're sailing to places that some of us, you know, will never ever get to see, right? And you're seeing it firsthand. You're bringing that, you know, those reports, that knowledge back to people. But like you said, things don't seem to change. Uh, I guess, you know, what, what I'm trying to ask is, you know, what keeps you motivated to keep doing what you're doing? Well, yes. Uh, yeah, because uh, otherwise, if you don't keep trying, it's uh, it will be worse. But uh, a bit of pessimistic uh, also it comes because it's you see that uh, 
the world it's you try but it, the world uh, the the future is not really looking so good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you need to keep trying yeah because otherwise you've just given up already right then what's the yeah. exactly yeah it will be worse it will be let's what? say this way if you don't try it will be even worse Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so yes, of course. Yeah, that that is you know what Greenpeace and you know so many other uh, organizations are working towards you know to keep that message going so that you know we don't just give up hope. Um, what are some plans in the pipeline, uh, Captain? You know, um, so you're in Malaysia at the moment. Uh, what's next? You're going to Singapore? You mentioned. Yes, we go to Singapore for logistics. Singapore is a port of logistics. Okay. Crew changes to uh, provisions and other logistics of the ship. And then to prepare for the next campaign, that the next campaign is Australia. Australia? Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there a particular focus for that one or is that also an outreach sort of program? Uh, still is uh, ongoing and, and I will not be in, in this campaign, so still uh, is ongoing this campaign. Okay. But this will be a real, uh, real campaign, a real operation of the ship. Okay. All right. And um, uh, I guess, you know, just, just before we conclude, Captain, you know, um, any, you know, from, from all your years working with Greenpeace, um, any message that you'd like to share, you know, from your experiences that uh, you think, you know, our listeners might, uh, yeah, some lessons perhaps that our, our listeners might be able to take away from your experiences? Well, yes, that uh, even that uh, things look dark and that's, but uh, the key point is the governments to change the policy and the, especially the economical growth is, is what, uh, is what behind there. So we, we need to try to convince the people that uh, it's not necessary to economically uh, grow, growth because this is what provoking all this. Mm-hmm. So the, the, you, the governments, they will always say, no, we agree, we need to do this. But then the economics, they put them in, in, in the reality. And the economics say, oh, no, we cannot reduce uh, consumption of uh, fuel. We cannot reduce the cars. We cannot, because otherwise it will be a... Uh, a problem for the economics of the country. So this is the real problem. So people needs to un, needs to learn that they sh- they need to live with less, less car, less money, less eating, and this this the only way. Yeah. There's enough for our needs, right? Just not enough for our greed. Yeah, this is it. Because if you if you're trying to change, but uh, at the same time you have a car, you you are doing uh, ten times flights around the world. Mm-hmm. And you have a big house, and you want uh, vacations in the other side of the world, it, uh, and all, all of us we want the same. Then it's uh, something is not going to fit here. Okay. All right. So we need to change, uh, have a, a change of mindset, right, about how things are doing, and to and to call for change as well uh, with yeah. our decision makers and our leaders as well. With they- economics, it mm-hmm. will mean uh, to slow down economics, which is a big problem. But uh, it's the only, uh, if you don't do this, the problem will, at least from ecological point of view will be the same. Yeah, because there's actually there is a there is a movement, you know, steady steady growth economics. Is that what it's called? Because you know the, the the idea of you know having infinite growth on a finite planet that doesn't gel, right? So yeah, we need to change that whole thing of you know only profits. We need to think about <clears throat> the, the the economics of enough, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is the the key point. This is the way. Mm-hmm. If you want to really uh, do something. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Captain, uh, for okay. for joining me today. I've been speaking to Captain Pep Barbal Badia. He's the captain of the Rainbow Warrior. If you'd like to find out more um, about their work, you just need to head to the Greenpeace website. That's greenpeace.org. Uh, uh, captain, can we? Uh, where? I mean, are you on social media? Is there you know any way that we can follow you know you, what you're up to and you know the work that you you're doing? Yes. Uh... 
look, I'm not fully familiar about about uh, which is the context, but going <laughs> to Green Need to a Greenpeace page, you can uh, ac- uh, you can go to everything to the, what Greenpeace is doing, campaigns of Greenpeace, and also the ships, what the ships are doing. Mm-hmm. Even we have a webcam that. Uh, it shows what the ship is doing. Now it's not very interesting, this webcam, because we are at anchor and you see the, the thing for the whole week. <laughs> but when we are at sea and when there is a storm or when we are when we were in the Antarctic, that you can see the ice, it was quite interesting. So just people go and enter Greenpeace uh, page and, uh, and, fo- and go to the ships. And it's quite a straightforward okay. uh, how to do that. Okay, all right. So just head to the Greenpeace website. That's greenpeace.org. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth. My thanks again to my guests. I was speaking to Captain Pep Barbal Badia, the captain of the Rainbow Warrior. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.